Hello, everyone. Welcome to Music Ed Musings, the first episode of a new podcast where I, Connor Prim, interview music educators and other people who are in the music field to talk to them about what makes them successful um, and to hopefully help you gain some knowledge along the way. Today, I am joined by one of the most influential men in my life, Mr. David Lusich. This is his 23rd year in education, his 20th year at Cascade High School. Um, he has a bachelor's um, in music education from Harding University and a master's in music education from MTSU. And he has won the state championship um, for Division One Marching Band three times as director of Cascade High School, which is a very small school in Belleville, Tennessee. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, what has made him successful and hopefully um, find some ways to help you guys be successful in your careers as well. So. I remember, Mr. Lusich, um, you said whenever you started out in band, you were kind of a negative leader whenever you were in your high school band. What changed? Well, the, yeah, my freshman year, I was the, the kid that had the bad attitude and, you know, uh, wasn't all about it. But uh, the leadership team, I think, really embraced me. And they, uh, we did weekly awards uh, before each football game. And the leadership team decided to give me an award, even though I didn't deserve it, like some kind of, I don't know what it was, outstanding freshman or something for the week, yeah. even though I obviously didn't deserve it. And uh, and uh, that kind of turned me around. I was like, oh, they think I'm good at this? I was like, and so then I was like, oh, okay. And it just kind of changed my attitude. So it's just the power of, you know, your peers showing you support and yeah. can kind of change somebody who had a negative attitude to a positive attitude. So what are some ways that you kind of model that with your band um, and the leadership team here at Cascade? Well, yeah, like you said, we have a, we have a leadership team and before we have all the new people in, we have a, a meeting with all of our, all of our leaders and we, we talk about, you know, um, kind of the general dynamic of any band, but I always tell them there's, there's three groups in any band where you have, you know, 10 to 20% are positive leaders, 10 to 20% are negative leaders, and then in the middle you got all the followers. And so I always tell my leadership team that they are the uh, positive leaders because what's going to happen is the followers are going to follow whichever group is stronger. Mm -hmm. If the positive leaders are the out, more outspoken and vocal ones, then the, all the followers are going to follow the positive leaders. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a good year. And the negative leaders are going to hush up right. and not be making those comments. I don't want to be here. I hate this. You know, my mom's making me do this. Like, why can't we go home? You know, like, yeah. so, you know, uh, it, on the other side of that, if your negative leaders are the, the loudest voice, then all the followers are going to follow them. And not, unfortunately, the positive leaders would, would hush up. So I always stress to the leadership team that, that it's very important that their positive voice is louder than the negative mm -hmm. voice. And, you know, anytime they hear a negative comment, they've got to come back at it with a whole bunch of positive comments right. and that'll hush <laughs> those guys up. And sometimes we have meetings uh, with the with the leadership team. And I said, you know, you're a team and you've got to work together. And if those 20 kids that are the leaders work together, they, they can create the culture that is positive and everybody enjoys being a part of, you right. know. And, you know, if they work together as a team, they can they greatly affect the the success of of the group, and sometimes in those meetings we'll get together and you know kind of talk about kids that we think maybe are negative leaders, right. you know, and we'll we'll you know try to turn them around because I always tell them I was like that just because they're a negative leader right now doesn't mean that they're going to stay there, and I always right. use myself as an example. And so <laughs> yep. if you get those twenty kids going and talking and being positive to that one negative kid, sometimes you can turn them around mm -hmm. for sure.
Yeah, so uh, just for backstory for anyone listening that doesn't know me, I went to Cascade High School. Uh, Mr. Lusich was my band director, and I sat down in those leadership meetings um, quite a few years, and they were definitely very helpful in uh, build, building morale and boosting positivity within the band program. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the beginning of Cascade's band program. So 20 years ago, what existed? So 20 years ago, there was nothing. So... <laughs> Um, 20 years ago, uh, they just had a, a, a thought that they wanted to start a band. I guess, you know, some parents had asked, hey, how come we don't have a band at Cascade? And so um, the principal was kind of chewing it over. And my wife was already the speech pathologist at Cascade and said, hey, if you really want to go through with the band, you know, you know, I know something that would that would probably be good for you, and so that's kind of how we we got the connection, and so yeah, we started with no kids and no equipment and nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, what advice would you give to a director in that situation? Um, you've obviously had a lot of success with the band program that you kind of built up from nothing. What advice would you give to your younger self twenty years later um, to help you help you build that program? So it's really important, you know, when you're starting from nothing that you have a plan for recruiting students. Mm. You know, you can't just go in, you know, to a situation and, you know, have just one plan for how to like just an announcement. Hey, if you want to be in the band, come down to the band room right now. You're going to end up with five kids. Right. So you got to kind of have, you know, I kind of had plan A, B and C. It was like I wanted to have this many kids. How am I going to get there? Mm -hmm. And you got, you got to have multiple ways of recruiting. So. What I did is, you know, fortunately I got hired in time to, to go over and see kids before school got out in the spring, before I started in the fall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a good thing to do is go give a music aptitude test mm, right. to everybody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that just gives you information, you know, and you right. can get, you know, do an instrument demonstration, show them off all the stuff, you know, and then give them a music aptitude test because some kids... Um, they don't really know they have a talent for music until they see that music aptitude score. Right. So you're going to take that, I took that music aptitude score and then sent them all a letter that said, you know, hey, you scored high in your music aptitude mm -hmm. test if they did score high. And some of them, that's how they got in band. That's how my wife got in band. She mm -hmm. got in band because she got a letter that said, hey, you'd be good at this. Want to give it a try? <laughs> so come, some kids just don't know that they'd yeah. be good at it. So What do my, you do for the students who don't score highly on the music? Do you still try to recruit them? Yeah. So I, the way I had, I had two different letters, mm -hmm. you know, one, one letter said, Hey, you scored really high on the music <laughs> aptitude test, blah, 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 blah. You mm -hmm. know, here, here's your, your ranking. And then I had another letter that said, Hey, would you like to be in bed? You know, so <laughs> okay. It didn't say that you scored high, but yeah. you're still invited. It's still for everybody. I'm sure I got the second one. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, when the kids take the music aptitude test, the last thing I do after we got them all excited about hearing all the instruments mm -hmm. is I have them on the sheet. I have them tick. You know, I let them sign up right then. Yes, they want to do it, maybe, or no. Mm -hmm. If they ticked yes, I didn't really care what their music aptitude score was. They got the the good letter, the right. letter that said you have a high music aptitude <laughs> okay, test. Yeah. If you checked maybe, you could have a pretty, you know, a lower score and still get the letter because mm -hmm. interest is part of it and desire right. is part sure. of it. Yeah. You know, so then then you've got some data, okay? Right. And so then, you know, you already kind of have initial numbers, but they're not quite what I wanted yet, mm -hmm. you know, so then you send out the letter and see if you get some responses and then you get some responses, you might get some more, you know, so that's kind of your second step is, mm -hmm. you know, you did your in-person meeting, you did your letter. And then after that, because we had to put on the form, 
you know, I still didn't have the numbers I wanted that first year. So right. I started calling every single person that said maybe mm-hmm. on those music aptitude tests yeah. and personally inviting them and saying, in, but the yeah. aptitude test gives you something to talk about on the phone. Right. It's like, hey, I'm looking at Johnny's music aptitude test and it says he scored really high. He said he, he might be interested. What do you think? You know, mm-hmm. would you like to be part of it? And I got several more just by making the phone call. Right. You know, so yeah. early on in the program, till it got established, I had to make a lot of phone calls. For sure. You know, and actually talk to people and talk it up to get the numbers that I wanted. But then as the program gets more established and people know it, mm-hmm. you can kind of fade that step out. Right. But that way you had, you know, plan A, B, and C for getting the amount of kids you need. Right. So then once you have the amount of kids that you need, how do you take your band to the next level? Um, like, you know, you've won multiple state championships here for Division One in Tennessee. How do you get your, your band from being good to being great? Well, I mean, you got to hold them to a high level, mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, um, so, I mean, that starts in, in middle school and making sure you have a good system for teaching them the fundamentals of the instruments and, and requiring a lot. Because generally, kids are going to generally speaking kids that get good at something don't give up on it you right. know so you know you, you know, some people are scared to be too hard on their middle schoolers or you know work them too hard but then they never get to a skill level that they can appreciate mm-hmm. and they know that and they yeah. drop so you know um it's important to hold a high standard even for your right. middle school kids mm-hmm. so that they get to a skill level that they can see that because not always. You always have a good kid quit every now and then that's pretty mm-hmm. good at it. But generally speaking, kids don't quit things that they're good at. Right. So, you know, you've got to get them to that level where they like, see that skill. Yeah. You know? And um, and then, you know, you just keep pushing that through high school as well. You know, that yeah. every year we get we get better. You mm-hmm. know? So. Yeah. Um, going kind of piggybacking off of that middle school uh, train of thought, you were a middle school and high school director for many, many years. I mean, it's only been recently that you've hired um, a, a middle school director since uh, Cascade built a new school. What did you look for um, in, the, in the hiring process for that? Okay, so um, I really wanted to hire, um, I think it's important, along with musical knowledge, is to have a people person. Mm. Because especially at a small school, you need some people that you need someone that is has good people skills, you know, because a lot of kids, they'll be in band because of the director or because of the, you know, the relationships that are formed, right, especially trying to get a lot of kids involved at a small school, you know, you can't just rely on the, you know, the certain five to 10% that's average for most schools and have a mm-hmm. decent sized band in a small school. So you really need someone that's good at building relationships. Yeah. You know, you know, on top of the, the, the musical knowledge. And I thought it would also be good to have an alumni that, that likes the program, knows the program, <laughs> knows how we do things right. well here. So that, you know, that's, that's worked out well to, to have someone familiar with the program. And then I guess, you know, third was, you know, it's nice to have somebody, um, that has an opposite focus as myself, mm. not necessarily has to be, but it's nice to have, you know, Miss Arnold is a, an alumni people right. person and a woodwind player. Right. I'm a brass player. So that, that, that works out well. It also right. worked nice to have a male and a female director mm. because we, you know, kind of try to have it structured where we both work with all the kids all the way through, right. you know, and, and it's helpful to have another person because, you know, one of us may relate 
better to some kids and the other may relate better to other kids. So, you know, yeah. to have a whole other person gives you a whole other level of, of ability in retaining students because, you know, you got two people that kids could potentially bond with and right. some respond better to a female and some respond better to a male. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, kind of uh, changing gears here a little bit. We are currently recording this at Bandcamp right now. Um, sorry if you're listening, you hear a lot of background noise. <laughs> that's just the nature of it. But my phone that's recording this interview is sitting on a stack of drill. <laughs> what is your process for writing drill and what are some things that you, uh, that you consider and some advice that you would give to directors who are trying to write their own? Oh, that could be like a whole class. <laughs> That's true. Now. But give us I the mean, cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's taken a while to to get where I consider myself proficient at writing drill, you know, for my band and mm-hmm. a couple others that I write for. But I, you know, if you if you want to be good at drill writing, you're gonna have to go get some classes on it. Okay. I mean, so like where, I did. Where can you go to look for those classes? So I did two really great week long. Um, clinics. One was with Dan Ryder in Texas. He usually does one every summer. Okay. It's fantastic. You go out there for the week and there's usually several other band directors. So you get to meet lots of other band directors that are interested in learning more about drill riding. Mm -hmm. And you just spend a whole week with Dan Ryder learning his techniques and learning how to be a better drill rider and navigate the program. And uh, that was really good. And Who, who is Dan Ryder? Dan Ryder's a really famous drill writer. He okay. writes for a lot of the big Texas schools. Okay, okay. Um, so um, he, he's, he's really great. Been doing it for a long time. Awesome. And they feed you fantastic. About okay. <laughs> That's always good. That's always good. Um, and then I did another one here locally at UTC with uh, Stuart Bankert. And he's, okay. a, he's a good local um, drill designer. He's written mm-hmm. for several BOA bands. And um, so I did another, it was called an advanced drill writing um seminar so i did that with him and uh over etc for a week and that was really good too and just awesome that's that's if you want to get good at drill writing you're gonna have to yeah take some classes okay <laughs> okay yeah. i've got marching band techniques this fall yeah so well that's a good place to start crash course <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely just a crash course. right you definitely could you know that gets you on the the path and it may right. like make some peaks some interest you may think oh yeah i kind of like this i want to mm-hmm you know, develop it further, you know, so then if you you develop it further by doing those extra. What would you recommend for the average, like if you're a band director who's just starting out um, at a new school, um, you don't have experience writing drill, obviously you hire someone to do it um, the first couple years, would you recommend for them to try to learn it themselves? It just depends, you know, what level the school you're coming to. If your school is like very beginning, like marching band, then Mm -hmm and you have some skills from your drill writing class, you mm-hmm. might be able to do it if you're not wanting to be super competitive and you can kind of grow together with your band. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah. If you already have a band that's used to going competi- to competitions mm-hmm. and it's not like brand, brand new to the competition scene, mm-hmm. you know, then you're going to want to hire somebody. Okay. Know? But if you're kind of yeah. starting out, maybe you're just doing football or one competition, then yeah, you could kind of do that and grow, learn and grow with your group. But okay. yeah, established... We're going to competitions. Hire someone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Till, till you get to you. Yeah. Get awesome. Athletics in. <laughs> so, um, just uh, kind of going off of that uh, competition train of thought. <laughs> um, how do you decide what marching band competitions to go to? Because there's there's a lot in this area, um, for sure. How do you decide which ones to go to and kind of plan out that schedule for the fall? Well, for us, we try to stay local just because. It, it's hard to go super far. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, it's hard on our parents and stretches our resources then a little bit to, to go. I mean, I'd love to take them to far away places, but it, we right. generally try to stay within, you know, two hours of, and, and we can, you know, and go to several great contests within right. two hours. So I try to get them a variety of competitions. You know, if there's a BOA one within distance, you know, sometimes some years we'll do that. Mm-hmm. I like them to have the experience of marching in a college stadium. So sure. I try to have at least one where they get to play in a big venue, you mm-hmm. know, uh, college stadium. Um, like to have some that are, you know, uh, maybe easier, you'd say, I guess, where, you know, uh, they have a chance to to do better, you know, right. um, and and so just because they have a variety. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, some places that you do go far distances are the trip years. Um, so one thing that we do at Cascade is every other year um, will be a trip year, um, and it alternates between Disney and New York. Um, that that's still that's still accurate, right? Yep. Yep. What are some benefits um, and some considerations um, in doing that for a band program? Well, it definitely is a good recruiting tool. So like when we go over and we talk to the sixth graders, you know, to get them interested in band, we tell them all the cool things about the program starting mm-hmm. from sixth grade all the way through. Right. You know, so, it, you know, it's always a good recruiting thing to say, oh, well, if I stick with this, I'm going to get to get out of school for a week and go to Disney World <laughs> or go right. to New York because we, we also do our trips not on spring break. So they right. get to... They get to miss school for a week to go do it, which is which is cool. And, you know, we remind them of that as they're going from the middle school into the high school. And it, mm-hmm. you know, helps retain there, too, because they right. have, you know, it, it helps keep the kids in band because it's something cool to look forward to. Right. You know, that every other year, they're, if they stick with it, they're going to get to go on a, a right. big trip. And it's not just fun. Uh, there's educational opportunities, uh, too, in each of those trips. Can you talk a little bit about the musical opportunities that the students get at each of those? Yeah, so at Disney World, we, we do their um, their instrumental workshops, which are really fun. The Disney people are really good. They go in and they do a recording session um, with a Disney musician, and they get to record um, our band playing a couple of scenes from uh, a couple of movies, Disney movies. So they'll, they'll put the movie up on the screen, and the kids get to play the soundtrack, and they get to see what it's like to be a studio musician for a day, and then they'll, they'll play it back with our band playing the soundtrack last time we did the lion king so Mm -hmm. we got to have a a dvd of our band playing the soundtrack to the lion king and and then uh they do the the disney parade Mm -hmm. you know so they get a parade performance through the magic kingdom and get to perform for thousands of people (laughs) right um in new york um we used to play just at the statue of liberty of course there's different parades you can do but not there's not usually a parade when we go before our spring break. So we used to play outside at the Statue of Liberty, but it's so hit or miss with the weather Mm -hmm. that, you know, one year we didn't get to do it. So I was like, we're not doing that anymore. So this last time we went to New York, we, uh, we did a Broadway workshop. So they got to, they got to go see the play Wicked. And then they got to work with one of the musicians from Wicked on some of the some of the wicked soundtrack, which I was definitely jealous of. <laughs> that's that's a really really cool opportunity. Um, awesome. So I know uh, we're we're running a little bit short on time. Uh, I want you to be able to relax a little bit before a night block. Uh, I just want to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, your answers don't have to be rapid fire. Just the questions will be. Okay. <laughs> I'll try to make them um, rapid fire too. Alrighty. So uh, the first one is: What is your most recent best purchase under a hundred dollars? I don't know. My wife buys everything. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'll have to ask her. Okay. We'll have to get we'll have to get her on the podcast yeah. too someday. Um, next question. Uh, what are some routines that have made you successful or some habits you've cultivated through the years that have led to your success? Um, it's constantly trying to get a little bit better mm-hmm. and what you do every year, trying to refine <laughs> the process, get more effective, you know, and just always being a, a learner yourself, trying to get, mm-hmm. find better ways to do something each year, you know, cause mm-hmm. we require that of the kids to get better each, each time. So just continue and try to like get, that. get better. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, next question. Um, what or who do you think of when I say the word successful? I mean, right now, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of these freshmen that have survived <laughs> the first couple days of band Yeah, and they're doing great. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I think about the kids and their, their little successes that they have each day. Yeah. Um, kind of related to that, actually, is the next question. What advice would you give to the students in the band? If you could only tell them one piece of advice to be successful in music or in life, what would that be? Have a positive attitude. Okay. That's, I like that. That's sweet. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. if you take a positive attitude toward towards it, it it's gonna make everything better. Awesome. So yeah. And our last question: um, What is our teaser for this year's show? If you were if you were gonna summarize our show in a few sentences um, for the people who might see it later, <laughs> what would you describe it as? Um, different. <laughs> we we we've, we've combined Lady Gaga and Mozart. So, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty awesome. Pretty I was working. Novel. Yeah, I was working with the brass <laughs> earlier, and there was a G flat augmented chord with a major seven. Um, so there's some there's some interesting stuff in there. Yep. So awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Lucich, yep, um, for being on here, um, and thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.